0: Chapter 2. If you'd like to turn there, Luke chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible, there's probably a black cover Bible there in front of you. And I just encourage you, if you can, to turn to Luke chapter number 2. We are going to be in the familiar passage this morning of uh, the Christmas story and some things that we hopefully see maybe be a blessing to us today. Uh, Just as an announcement, uh, we normally have services on uh, Sunday night, uh, but tonight we're not having services. I know it's the week of Christmas, and so there's no service this evening. And then also, I know Christmas Day is on Wednesday. And we won't have services then so the next time I see you lord willing will be next sunday morning But I hope you have a great christmas and I hope everything goes well for you and your family And thank you for being for being here today And uh, i'm excited about what's going to happen at our house This is uh, I think the first christmas that I can remember that we're going to be at our house here And we're going to be just us So I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means peace on earth or we're going to have terror the whole day I don't really know I'm excited about that, and this blessed quietness, that's kind of awesome, too, to get to have that, but I uh, just want to share a few things with you uh, as we look in God's Word, and again, I do thank you for being here. I know you have a lot of things and a lot of places you could be, but I appreciate you coming. In Luke chapter number two, and we read this story to the kids, and, and by the way, I love getting to read that story to the kids, and I am so thankful for only having one candy cane left. I don't know if you've ever given something to kids and looked and saying, if i got 25 kids, I'm in trouble. We're gonna have to do like a Solomon thing and break it in half. And I'm thankful I didn't have to do that. So don't worry, Travis. I got you a candy cane in case River eats his, okay? All right, I saw you eyeing it. But anyhow. Well, we come to this time of year and there's a lot of decisions that we make. Decisions on if you're gonna have a real tree, if you're gonna have a fake tree, you have decisions on where you what you're gonna have for dinner on Christmas Day. There's things about where you're gonna shop, are you gonna Stay at home where it's nice and peaceful and just keep clicking for amazon if you're going to get out there and go to the mall and do all those things and a lot of decisions that we make that christmas forces upon us but there's a decision that's made this christmas it's going to be for every one of us whether we want to look at it or not that we have to make a decision about and by the way i found out in my life that a no decision is still a decision to do something in luke chapter number two in verse number eight it's about the shepherds and last week we looked at the idea of when God breaks through in our lives and how the angels broke through the sky and as they proclaimed that Christ was born and how he broke through to people in unexpected times and unexpected places, but to unexpected people. And in Luke chapter two, beginning of verse number eight, it says, and there were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Let's pray. Father, for the next few moments, as we just gather as a a group of people in this room, I thank you, Lord, so much for the day. As you say in your word, this is the day the Lord hath made. I rejoice and be glad in it. And Lord, it's been such a blessing just to my heart, just the things that that have already transpired. And, Lord, just seeing people and seeing people baptized and hearing the singing and, and Lord, just fellowshipping, Lord, it's been wonderful. And, Lord, I pray for the next few moments as we look at your word and, Lord, ultimately look at the reason why you came. I pray that you might rule and overrule in our hearts. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit will have his will and his way. Lord, I pray that you would prohibit the wicked one, that he would not steal that seed of your word from their hearts. And, Lord, I pray for those people in this room today that I don't know, that may be struggling, Lord, that may be discouraged. Lord, I pray you give comfort where comfort's needed. Lord, as somebody that's lost in, in wandering and wandering in decisions in life, Lord, I pray you might give them guidance. And, Lord, I pray in my own life where, Lord, I need conviction. Lord, I pray that you would love me enough as you do to show me where I'm wrong and because you want me to be back in fellowship with you. But, Lord, I ask for that person today that may be here that does not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. May today your love, your grace, and your will just be so burst through the sky, just like it was with the angels to the shepherds, that they may see that your love for them and trust you as their Savior. Thank you for all that you do. I pray you might use me in spite of me in Christ's name. Amen. As we come to this particular passage of Scripture and we look at it and a lot of times if we're not careful it becomes very familiar and the danger of familiarity in our life is yes i've heard that yes i know that we know what the season's all about but when you think about christmas and you think about decisions christmas there's a confrontation there's something that it confronts us with an important decision it's a confrontation of our hearts and it's probably be honestly the most important decision that we will ever make in our lives i've I tell you, sometimes we stress a lot about presents, don't you? How many of you love getting presents, like it's a joy? How many of you, it raises your anxiety through the roof to get presents? Okay, some of you just line all the way around. Okay, good, all right. But you know, sometimes we worry, we fret, we do all these things just so the person can have this gift to only know that in a few months or if you're like my kids, a few hours, you know, it's next year's landfill, to be honest with you, or next year's Salvation Army sale and we worry about things and make stress about major decisions but there's a decision that this passage of scripture that christmas confronts us with that every person in this room has to make that every person in this room has to deal with and there's two realities that christmas confronts us with and they're both about the lord jesus christ number one i want us to see what christmas confronts us with first is the idea of a savior and i'm going to take all of my message today from one simple verse and it's verse number 11 It says for unto you is born this day in the city of david a savior Which is christ the lord The first thing I want us to see the reality that christmas confronts us with with christ is the idea of a savior Now when the angels say unto you is born this day He's talking to them as a group of people But he's also talking to them as individuals that for you a savior has come And that is kind of this announcement is implying that we need one You know, we live in a day and age where people feel like they're self-sufficient, they're self-sustaining, they don't need God, they don't need anything at all. But can I tell you today, if there was no need for us to put our faith and trust in Christ as our Savior, there's no reason He would have left heaven and came to earth. For the angel to say, unto you is born this day, a Savior implies that we need one. That you and I need someone to save us from our sins. You and I need something that will take us from the youngest person in this room to the oldest person in this room. We have a fallen nature And because we go after it a better way, it says, For we all sin and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. And there is something about it. I know as we read the story, it says, I bring unto you good news, good tidings, and great joy. But can I tell you something about Jesus coming to earth is the greatest news in the world, but it's also the worst news. The reason the coming of Christ is the worst news is because you and I need a Savior. Jesus had to leave heaven. Jesus had to leave because you and I are born in sin. You and I have, it says, we've turned everyone to our own way. And the reason good news is only good is if you need it. If I offered $10 today, some of you in this room would probably say, ah, 10 bucks? it ain't worth getting up, coming up in front of everybody for 10 bucks." But if you didn't have a dollar to your name, $10 would sound pretty awesome right now if you needed it. If you didn't have a need or a want financially, $10, bucks, you're like, forget that, I wouldn't need it. But good news is only good news to that person that really needs that $10 if good health was something that was offered you today and you're sitting here and you're breathing in and out and everything's fine in your life and i say hey i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna bless you with good health you say i'm already good i got health i got what i need but that person that's sick or that person that's struggling that person that's that may be laying and dying in a hospital bed that's great news to hear them about health i shared it with sunday school a little bit i tell you this time of year is, is such a wonderful time but i know it's heartbreaking for a lot of people just in our own community we've had four people in the last 12 days that just i know of that went off into eternity from ages 9 to 92 and all these people that went off into eternity it makes me think of something they weren't banking on this being their last christmas they didn't even make it to christmas and i know god is sovereign i know god is in control and i get that but can i tell you something if you're here and you don't know the lord jesus christ as your savior that you're in desperate complete need of the good news that jesus came that he was born that he lived a sinless life that he died on a cross that he was buried and rose from the dead that's why i think it's so awesome to get to baptize today because baptism is a picture when you're standing out of the water of the crucifixion the moment you're in the water is the burial and it's only a few moments you know why because on that third day it says he rose from the grave victorious conquering sin and the grave and that's what the picture of baptism is but you know in our lives a lot of times When you talk to people that don't know the lord the reason that they don't accept christ is not that they're rejecting you it's just they don't feel like they need it yet i remember as a eight year old boy i remember going to church with my family a lot of you know my story i got picked up as a bus kid my parents didn't go to church from the beginning part they were great parents loved me took care of a lot of my needs physically all those things but God used me riding a bus for three years. And those people, that very selflessly love me and pick me up week after week. And I always tell people when they ask, well, what was the big thing that got you to go to church at five years old? It was a piece of double bubble bubble gum, which lasts about five seconds if you ever had a piece of double bubble. By the time the guy was out the driveway, I was like, this is nasty. But we went to church and we did that. And by going there, guess what happened? My mom and dad, my sister, and myself, we found out what Christmas was really about very first time my family ever went to church was 33 years ago on Easter Sunday we went to church as a family I remember my mom even getting out of the car looking at it and saying well we ain't gonna go here my parents still go to that church today I find that funny don't ever tell God never God has a sense of humor I tell God now I'll never be a missionary in Hawaii is what I tell God now just to say it can i tell you i'm so thankful for the day as an eight-year-old kid through the love of sunday school teachers through the love of the pastor through the love of people through the love of that bus worker that wouldn't stand up here today because he's such an introvert in front of people that helped me see that i needed something that i could not do on my own that i needed this one that we read about this morning that we shared with the kids right here that a savior has come to us the Savior, has left heaven and come down to us so that we might spend eternity in heaven. And I want to encourage you. I want to beg with you. I want to plead with you. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, there's nothing greater you need this Christmas than to enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ. I beg you, religion will not take you to heaven. There's many people in the world that are religious about being religious, but the Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. If there was a way that we could work or do or give or attend to go to heaven, can I tell you there was no reason Jesus would have come. If there was anything we could do on our own. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians, chapter two, the same one I read quote quoted the verses just a moment ago, it says, For we who were dead in trespasses and sins. You know what a dead man can do? Nothing. But Jesus came. You know, I, I get to talk to people at different times and and, you know, I love people. I love having conversation. I'm, I'm not a big confrontational person with that. Some of y'all are really wondering if that's true. Really, I'm not. I'm not a confrontational person. And I was talking to these people one day. This was probably about five or six years ago. We were back in Tennessee. And I got to see some old friends that I went to school with. And I was just talking to them. They asked me what I was doing. I said, well, I'm pastoring a church. And by the way, if you ever say you're pastoring a church, it immediately changes the way people talk in front of you, act in front of you, you know. It's funny, I think one of them was holding a beer, and he's like, oh, I, I don't, I've never done this. This magically appeared <laughs> in my hand, you know, like that. And you know what's funny? I looked at him, and I said, I'm not here about that. I'm not here about that. I said, but I do want to talk to you about your soul. And they're like, well, Phil, you know, it's kind of like this, you know. You know, you believe that way, I believe this way, he believes that way. It's really, there's God that's here on top of the mountain. And really, if you look at it, Phil, we're really all just taking our way to god we're all going to get to god but we're all just going to take a different path to god and i looked at him and i said but what about instead of living your life and working your life trying to get to god what if god came to us because that's what christmas is because we can't get to god there's nothing good inside of us There, we all have sinned and come glo- and come short of the glory of god there's none righteous no not one so instead of having and living your life in such a way trying to get to god it says that God left the, the glory of heaven and came to man and became man. It says in the book of Philippians that He became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, that God knew that we could never get to him. So he came to us. And to me, that's such a humbling idea that the creator became the creation. You ever thought about that? That the creator of everything humbled himself and became the actual creation. And not just to be born, it says, but to live and make himself of no reputation. How he entered this earth in such a lowly fashion. But not only die, but to die death that all of us did. I mean, you think about it. Jesus could have just came from heaven, hung on the cross, called it a day. But he wanted to know and experience what you experience, what it means like to have joy. What it's like to have betrayal. What it's like to have people turn on you. What it's like to be without food what it's like to be cold what it's like it says in all points was tempted as we are yet without sin jesus experienced everything i'm thinking about the creator becoming the creation and one thing that always blows my mind around easter time i think about this that god created the heavens and the earth and i don't think there's anybody in this room that has a problem with that but when i think about how much god loves me you ever stop to think about that god actually created the tree for which his own son hung and bled and died on. I wonder if in creation when. He speaks it into existence. I wonder sometimes if God said that's it. This is the way. This tree will be what it is. I don't know if it was there at creation. I don't know if it grew later. But it all comes from God. And I tell you. The news of the coming of Christ. That you need a savior is terrible news. In the idea that we are depraved. That we are totally in without the ability to please god with our lives but jesus christ the good news is is that he came that he came that he loved us he did what we could not do i tell you the brokenness of sin does certain things in our lives it leaves us separated and what i mean separated is the idea of this we're separated from god you say phil what do you mean by that the bible says for the wages of sin is death but the gift of god is eternal life through jesus christ our lord That's the gospel in a nutshell in one verse, Romans 6, 23. For the wages or the penalty of our sin is death. And when you think about death, you think about a physical death, but it's not just talking about a physical death. In Sunday school, we're going through the book of Revelation. In the book of Revelation, when you get to about chapters number 19 and 20. It says those that die without Christ will stand before God in this time of judgment. They'll be cast into a horrible place that wasn't intended for us called the lake of fire. And the Bible says, and this is the second death. See, the penalty of my sins is not that I just die a physical death, but I stand before a holy, pure, just God who I've turned my back on and who I've lived my own way, and for him to take me and cast me into the lake of fire for that second death. But I'm so thankful for little words, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God. I love those words, but the gift of God is eternal life. How is that? Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I tell you, there's many a person sitting in churches all across our country today. They're doing everything they can to go to heaven. They're trying to be good dads. They're trying to be good moms, trying to be good people, be good employees, trying to give just enough that they have to give, trying to join a church. I tell people about joining church is that going to church doesn't make you any more saved than if you go stand in your garage It's going to turn you into a Cadillac. It's not going to do it. It's not about your position. It's about your relationship. Do you know Christ as your Savior? Has there come a point in your life where you realize that Jesus has come to be your Savior? I love how it says in Scripture, unto you is born. Can I tell you this morning, unto you is born this day a Savior that can save you from your sins and give you into a right standing with God. To me, I'm very humbled at the idea that God loves me in spite of me and that God can look at my life and say, you know what, I want to save you, and I want so much to have a relationship with you that I'll give my own son so that I can have a relationship with you. That doesn't sound like the billboards we pass for Christmas, does it? We might just get a manger, a couple of fluffy sheep, and we call it a day. But I want you to confront yourself with the idea of this Christmas of this. What will you do with Jesus? as your savior do you know him you say phil i've been church all my life phil i can tell you i probably read that story better than you can trust me you probably definitely could but can i tell you something it's one thing to have a knowledge of god there's another thing to have a relationship with god to know god as your savior and the bible says in matthew chapter number seven i believe it's around verse number thirty one Jesus says, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not in thy name done many marvelous works? Have we not cast out devils? Have we not done many things in your name? And the Bible says that Jesus will look at him and say, depart from me. I never knew you. I told this a little bit of it the other night on Wednesday night. You know, being from Tennessee, it kind of means if you like anybody in sports, you like Peyton Manning. In fact, I tried to name all my children Peyton with that. And I failed the test because Rachel said you can any of these kids Peyton you want as long as it's not after the football player so we have Maggie Noah Grayson and Chloe we don't have a Peyton okay but I could stand here today and tell you you know hey this about Peyton Manning I can tell you his wife's name Lisa I can tell you his three kids name I can tell you that he enjoys drinking Dr. Pepper with his steak and by the way he likes his steak medium rare and you would probably all man man you know so much about Peyton Manning I don't know any of that stuff I don't know if his wife's name Lisa how many kids he got I don't know But I could rattle off facts to you so much that you look at me and go, man, he must really know Peyton Manning. Can I tell you what my fear is? There's a lot of people sitting in churches that know a lot about God, but they don't really know God. They know a lot about him. They can tell you the stories. They can sing the songs. They can quote the verses. But God has never transformed their heart, transformed their life. And I tell you, he came so we can deal with the confrontation of the great news that I'm in need of a Savior. Can I tell you today, you're in need of a Savior. God blessed me almost 15 years ago on Christmas Day with my first son. We name is Noah. You can kind of guess what my favorite Bible character is. And Noah was a month early. Looking at him today, he passed me in height this summer. He does not look like he was a month early. He's just shot up. And I remember when he was born, and we were there in the hospital, I remember thinking to myself, this is the greatest gift I've ever been given, is the birth of my son, and he is, and I love him to death. He looks at me every now and then like he thinks he can take me, but I tell him, I don't care if you're taller than me yet, you can't get me. And I love him with every ounce of my being, but can I tell you something, the greatest gift that's ever been given is the real meaning of Christmas is that Jesus came because he says, Phil needs a savior. Can I tell you, if you're here in this room and you say, I'm too far gone, you don't know what I struggle with, you don't know what I deal with, you don't know know how far away from God I am, can I tell you, I don't, he does, and that's all that matters. I'm glad that God loves me in spite of how bad I am. And the good news is, is he desires to have that relationship with you. What a terrible thing it would be to live all these years, celebrate all these Christmases and enter into eternity without Christ. I can't think of anything more tragic, but we're confronted with the idea of a savior. But the second thing I want us to see is this in that verse. He says, unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior, which is Christ the Lord. See, that term Lord was used by the Jewish people as only reserved for God. It was only used for Messiah, for the Gentiles, for those for those like us. The term Lord always meant someone that had high authority or absolute authority in my home growing up. Danny Rogers was Lord. I mean, he was in charge. He was the patriarch of that. What he said goes, you know, I grew up. I don't know how you grew up, but uh, I grew up. If my dad said something, you know, almost like thus saith the Lord. It's going to happen with that. I grow up in a day and age now kids ask me something I don't give them the answer they want they go say thus say what does mama say you know what what we can do there but the idea of Lord what he's telling them here a savior which is Christ the Lord means the idea of being your savior which saves you from your sins but also being a Lord who is the authority in your life and I have to ask you this question and I have to ask myself this a lot too If you know the Lord is your Savior, he's your Savior. Let me ask you a question. Is he the Lord of your life? Is he the Lord of your life? Is he the absolute authority in your life? And this is where we kind of tense up a little bit. Because we're fine with Christ saving us from the the penalty of sin. But a lot of times we don't want him to deliver us from the power and influence of sin. Give me heaven, but let me still enjoy the things that I want to enjoy that I know he does not pleased with. It says in the book of Colossians that in all things he might have the preeminence. That means not just first claim. It means that he is the one and only. I say it like this. uh, Rachel and I have been married 20 years. And in some ways it seems a lot longer than that. In some ways it doesn't seem so long. I know in her world I can imagine it seems like a lot longer. But if I went home today and I said I just want to let you know you are my wife. But I want you to know i got a girlfriend now. She's nice. In fact, she she likes you. In fact, she doesn't mind you being my wife and her being my girlfriend. Hey, this thing's going to work out great. You're like, Phil, can I buy tickets to what your Christmas dinner is going to look like, is what you're probably thinking. You would probably say she probably wouldn't mind her being a friend and acquaintance, but she can't step into the same realm that is only reserved for Rachel. Can I tell you, a lot of times as believers we give god weekends when he wants full custody he's just the icing on the cake he's not really the cake and he says i don't desire just to be your savior but i desire to be your lord i desire to be the one that you follow after and can i tell you everybody in this room has an object of their faith an object of their hope of what they're running after in this life let me ask you what are you chasing in this life some me you say you're chasing possessions and things and just to have the next this or just to have the next that. And as I always think about, when you get the newest and brightest thing, it only takes a couple months if that long for that thing not to be so great anymore. I remember a couple months ago before I got the, the phone that I have now, someone asked me, they're like, oh, what kind of phone is that? And I was like, yeah, it's an iPhone 5. And they're like, what kind of phone is that, you know? They're like, what are you living in, the old days? And I'm like, yeah. I was like, well, it works, you know, and it's paid for. So that kind of works for me, you know, kind of in my life. we all know when maybe we're associated with people they're just chasing possessions chasing finances chasing things and the bible doesn't say money is the root of all evil but he does say the love of it that's the desire passion to have it above everything else like i said i like things i like nice things i like those different things that they can have in my life But let me ask you What is the Lord of your life? Everyone in this room has a Lord. Everyone does. Some of you, that peace and happiness, that's the Lord of your life. And can I tell you, you're chasing it in the wrong areas and the wrong things. You can never have the peace of God until you have peace with God. Until you have salvation, you'll never have the peace of God. And you'll never have the peace of God as a believer in your life which it says in philippians and the peace of god that passes all understandings shall keep your hearts and minds in christ jesus that means this unless christ keeps my heart and my mind i'll never have the peace of god in my life and what is lord of your life it doesn't make sense and i know in my life i'm a horrible example of this it doesn't make sense to have christ as my savior but not to have him as lord it doesn't make sense it's the idea as we talk about it's not all about church, but there's a lot of times that church is very attended on Easter, and church is very attended at Christmas. And you say, well, Phil, going to church doesn't make me a Christian. No, I don't go to church to make me a Christian. You know why I come to church? Because I get to see other brothers and sisters in Christ, and it's the opportunity to come together to be imperfect people to worship a perfect God. That's why I come to church, It's so I can glorify him. And I want to glorify him with every ounce of my being. You say, why do you want to do that? Why do you want to make Christ the Lord of your life? because he's the savior of my soul you want christ to be your lord you want christ to be your focal point you want to live your life in such a way does this please god and what i do is this decision going to please god just reflect on how great is salvation that you have you know the times that i get furthest away from god are the times i really forget about how much god saved me from like i said you know my testimony it i very easily and no one My family dynamic. My dad was a used car salesman. And you're like, yeah, we kind of see that on you a little bit. For all I know, and there's nothing wrong with selling cars, I ain't saying that. But why is it that I'm not sitting in Smyrna, Tennessee right now at T-Bone Auto Sales selling cars? Just trying to live life, just trying to make everybody happy. It's because there's a man called Jesus that loved us so much. That he left everything because he looked at me and said, I have more for you. I have a relationship with you. I have a will for you. I have a plan for you. And can of tell you, every person in this room, from the youngest person to the oldest person, the most talented person, the person that maybe don't feel like they have any talent at all, he has a purpose for you. But you'll never experience that purpose until he's the Lord of your life. I'll never experience until he's the Lord of your life. May we quit chasing things and start chasing the creator and the blesser of those things. I think about it like this, and just to give you, and I'm about finished. Whenever something happens in your life and you pray, I mean, you really pray. Maybe it's something financial, maybe it's a health need, maybe it's something else. And you really, God's got your heart, and you're just praying and praying and praying and praying for it. Let me ask you this. When God answers that prayer, do you thank him as much as you pray? We're all terrible about that. God, please do this. God, please do this. God, please intervene here. God, please do that. And God answered we're like, oh, by the way, thanks. Can I tell you, we're showing that the, that the answer to the prayer is Lord instead of the God of the prayer. You ever thought of us, we have a God that not only can hear our prayers, we have a God that can answer our prayers. We have a God that knows what we're going to say before it. I'll share this example, and I really haven't told anyone this. Just in the idea of prayer. A couple months ago, I went to the doctor because uh, they just saw some abnormalities in my life and some things uh, with my kidneys and stuff. And they didn't really tell anybody this, and some of y'all going to get really mad at me about that, but you're just going to have to forgive me, okay? And they said, we need to run some tests because we think there's something you might have. And I remember thinking to myself, God, I'm 41 years old. I'm pastoring a church. I got kids I love, a wife I love. God, why? I ain't got time for this. I mean, I'm too busy doing your work. By the way, you ever have those conversations with God and you realize who I'm talking to when you do that? And I just prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And if you're like that and you're ever waiting on someone, moments seem like days and days seem like months and years. But I found out about two weeks ago, all the tests came back negative, everything's good. And I thank God for that. But God slapped me right upside the face with this passage because he's like, you prayed, you cried. You carried this to me, you wept about this. What are you going to do now that I've answered it? And I tell you, I've been on my knees almost every day thanking God for what he did in that. And by the way, even if God doesn't give us the answer that we want, we still ought to thank him. He's still good. God's good all the time. All the time, God is good. But I tell you, when we don't praise God, we show God that he's not Lord. When we don't praise him as much as we pray to him, we show him that he's not Lord. And I just want to encourage you in your life. You're going to, we're going to say amen here in a couple moments. You're going to go out, you're going to eat lunch, and you're going to have a great time, hopefully, this Christmas season. And before we blink again, we're going to be in 2020. But if you're here and you know the Lord is your Savior, if he is holy enough to save us, why is he not holy enough to live if he is holy enough to take us and to make us where we stand before his Father as redeemed, as pure, then he ought to be worth all the time, all the energy, all the sacrifices that we say we make to do our Christian thing. You know, I found out a long time ago with my kids, i much rather have their heart than their obedience. You say, what do you mean? Do you ever sometimes want your kids, if you'll just do it, I say, life would be so good. And I feel that way a whole lot. But can I tell you something? It's greater to me when I know that I ask my kids to do something and they're doing it because they love me. They're not doing it in spite of me. They're not doing it because they feel like they have to. When you live your Christian life, do you do it in the things you do? Do you go to church? Do you pray? Do you lead your family? Do you work? Do you do it because you love Christ and he's Lord of your life? Or are you doing it because you don't want, you don't want him to get mad at you? You don't want him to turn off the blessing. to Where you won't receive what it is. I tell you, we all live our lives in such a way that we say, you are Lord of my life. And when you think about your life, and I think about my life, these are the two things that Christmas brings us to. Is Jesus Lord of your life? If he's Lord of our lives, you know what that means? That means I'm going to live a little differently than I normally do. If I had to ask you, how was your relationship with God January of this year? Has it changed any from? December 22nd of this year are you closer to God are you more passionate for God are you more faithful to God than what you were January 1st of this year you say well I'm about the same well now I've actually dipped a little bit man I'm not the same I haven't got hot I haven't got cold I'm lukewarm that's not a great place to be either Lord willing we'll enter 2020 that sounds crazy to say but this quote that I heard a long time ago is right each new year is God's gift to us. What you do with that year is your gift to him. If God blesses you and blesses me with one more year, I hope many, many more. I always joke, I hope I'm the old man that's crouchy and gets angry and the kid's too loud. I mean, I hope I'm that guy. That guy. hope I get the little long time. But if you're not careful, your days become weeks, your weeks become months, and your months become years. And your life is going to be passed. Only one life will soon be passed. but only what's done for Christ will last. I can live my life in such a way that when my children rise up and leave me, which, by the way, that gets a little more scary the older I get because I only got a little bit more time with one of them. But do I want my kids to grow up and remember Christmas It's the time that mom and dad worked so hard to give them all the things that they could have, all the presents, all the new devices, all the meals, all the trips, whatever it is. Boy, my children look back and remember that mom and dad did everything they could to make us remember what the real reason was. For unto you is born this day the Savior who is Christ the Lord. Is he your Savior? Is he your Lord? But Christmas demands that we make these decisions about Christ. Let's stand together. Father, thank you for this time we could be together.